Welcome into another edition of the Gingham 24-7 Sports Podcast. I am Andrew Hattersley, joined by Brian Peroni, who was on the road basically all of last week. Um, Brian, how's everything going? Is it good to get back home? Oh, yeah. You know, still going out to schools in the Houston area, but yeah. I was in San Antonio and Austin, and those areas don't typically have a ton of recruits. This year's different. This the next two classes. So, you know, it was good to uh, good to hit some of those places. And, man, you know, unlike Houston and Dallas, they, you know, they don't get that many uh, visitors. So they are really excited when you come to town. So, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, they roll. They roll out the car, but that's been. That's, oh no, for sure. Yeah, one. I mean, except, dude. You know, there was star testing going on, so these schools practice at like six a.m. Like, I think it's incredibly rude to me, who is a night owl and <laughs> who's still up at one in the morning. Just you know, like, oh, I got to get up and drive on thirty-five tomorrow at five thirty. So this should be fun. So well, I really think they should have been more considerate to me. But. You're you're a better man than me. I mean, when I was looking at uh, Tyler's practice schedule, and you know. Appreciate Coach Coach Holmes having me out last week. That was that was tremendous seeing Derek McFall and and he was he was fun to see in person. Um, I looked at the practice schedule and every day except for one was at six a.m. and I was like, all right, I think I know which one I'm. Oh, I've I've definitely decided my visits on <laughs> yeah. on that before, but you know, it just being in you know since I was in Central Texas trying to hit as many as possible, it was you, you know kind of have to like do I gotta go thing. yeah I gotta go to all of them so but I didn't realize man uh the traffic on 35 from San Antonio to Austin I'm staying in San Antonio Austin Vandergrift practices at 7 a.m and then I look at I looked at Google the night before it told me it was an hour and 15 then I look at Google right before leaving but I didn't realize how many people commuted to Austin it tells me it's two hours so so that was a lot of fun I had to leave pretty early for that I know it's 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 one of those things the the map seemed to kind of change like night from Tonight. Yeah, I mean, 35 is just the worst road ever. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if it's as bad in Dallas as it is in oh, Central it, Texas, it's but bad. it is it's, terrible. It's, it's, it's real bad. It's 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 never fun to, to drive through. Um, and I know, so one of your first trips, I know, was to see uh, Colton Thomason. Uh, what what were your impressions kind of getting to see him and, and, and go to Smithson Valley? All right, so I posted some videos of him just – I mean, it was against air, but he's at right tackle this spring. Uh, big difference from playing guard each of the past three seasons. I mean, he's 6'8", 325 pounds. So you don't normally see that at guard. So it's it just was – you know, we had seen him, or I'd seen him at tackle at the Under Armour underclassman camp, and he looked good. He looked good in one-on-ones. He had some wins, but curious to see how he looked in pads. And I'll tell you what. Looked just as good in pads. So again, it was it was against air, but I thought when he committed, you know, I was like, you know, he looks like a tackle, but he had the experience of guard, and it probably was more likely because you never know about the feet and things like that. But uh, I'd say now I'd like the early evaluation by AM even more because I think he can play tackle, you know, right tackle at least, and uh, and be really effective out there. I mean, he moves his feet well for a really big kid. I say big kid. He's lost, you know, 75, 80 pounds from, you know, even a year ago. Uh, so that's that's impressive. But he's still, you know, a big kid being 6'8". So the fact that he can stay out on the edge, if you, let's say you had hit, you know, Deuce Father on one side and Colton on the other, those are two really, twin you know, big, yeah, bookends over there. Basically the twin, the twin towers. And credit to him, he's just totally, you know, just the, all the videos you see and, and, and pictures and when we've both seen him in person, he's just totally reshaped his body. and. You know, it's it, it's it's kind of cool to hear him talk about it too. I know when 
when I saw him at the underclassmen camp, he was giving other kids advice throughout the camp about everything that he did and his routine and how he um, was able to do it. And so, uh, well, which by the way, his routine is uh, he eats five times a day. Now I understand that his skinny metabolism jump started, but I wish I could eat five times and, and lose some weight. I'm I'm you, all for you, that diet. You you and me both. I I I, I kind of take the same attitude. I've I've gone the other direction. He went he went the five times a day. Yeah. And, you know he goes. I think he said he goes running quite a bit. Um, you know he's 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 really you know turned himself into a, a a guy that, and it's a huge development like we talked about last week with just the tackle class and and trying to find tackles in this this cycle. Um, to oh, yeah. So, you know, being on the road, I saw several offensive linemen. So there were a lot of coaches out watching them. And just the interesting thing to hear from some of these college coaches is how hard it is to find tackles this year, not just in the state of Texas, but all over the country. So the ones that are the true tackles out there are worth their weight in gold, probably literally this year with NIL. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what gold is a pound, but to make that 300 pounds, yeah. but a guy who is a pure tackle can have his choice of anywhere is incredibly extra is always valuable, but extra valuable this year. Cause there really just aren't any. So that's a, that's a, another huge, you know, plus with Colton Thompson, if he can play tackle. Here we go. We're going to start getting NIL like gold gloves for, for offensive linemen. Now. No, for sure. And if there's a gold <laughs> company out there that wants to tell us how much and maybe sponsor the show, you know, we'll take some free gold. <laughs> exactly. I saw Bijan Robinson is doing Lamborghinis. We'll do gold. Yeah, we'll cash, gold. cash we'll, for gold. Is that a thing? Can you give us gold for cash? We, Wait, we, that's that's just we, buying gold. Gold for we cash. have we have got a Gigum two four seven sports like logo in the background. We will happily change that. To yes, to gold. <laughs> anything for an nil deal. Yes, uh, and I know another one. You a couple others you saw were Ian Reed and and TJ Shanahan in the Austin area. Um, both of those guys, I feel like, kind of project more as guards and interior guys and. Um, I know with TJ Shanahan, he's just a fun guy to watch in general. Cause I mean, he brings a, re- he's a great interview off the field and a super nice kid, but on the field brings a total mean streak. And I know your video oh, yeah, people, started going people saw the video, his teammate. I mean, it was okay. Now his teammate should have been ready holding the bag, but it wasn't really the most full speed of drills. And he just comes and just explodes into the dumb man. Sends yeah. his teammate flying. <laughs> his poor yeah, teammate. he was he was pretty proud of that when he saw the video. What's funny is that was not the only time that during drills that his teammate, maybe even that same guy, ended up on the ground. Like <laughs> so, uh, you know, when TJ was in Orlando, we had a picture of him and he had short hair, cropped pretty close. Mm-hmm. Now, I mean, he's just got the long hair, just you know the the beard, and he just plays like that man. He just plays like a he let he let the go. I mean, I. When I saw him last year, um, I think it was against Aikens, and it was a forty to nothing game, and he drove a kid from the twenty yard line to midfield, and the ref said, "You know, maybe that's enough." And then he did it the very next play again, and you know, in a forty nothing game, maybe it's. I know, but hard to penalize a guy for doing something legal. But but no, there's no there's no letting up with him and. Actually, so funny, funny side note on that. So Austin Westlake is probably that's probably the most intense uh, high school uh practice i've been to at least a spring practice and uh you know they're at the end they're about to do team probably for man a good 45 minutes and the coach is like all right everybody's live including the quarterbacks hit everybody 
And I just like see the quarterbacks like, are you kidding me? You know, just looking at him. He said, don't take them to the ground. But I'll tell you, they were, they were taken to the ground some. So, yeah, yeah, that was a pretty intense practice. And I was and and uh, TJ's when he threw the guy was during the half speed part. So, yeah, you can imagine, you know, what he during was like full, during the full, during speed, full speed, what he was going through. Oh, yeah. and, you know, still delivered one of the best quotes when he told me that, you know, he loves to knock people to the ground allow them to kind of start to get back up, then knock them down again and then, <laughs> and then help them up at the end of the play. I, I mean, that just kind of summarizes him to a T, but. Um, I didn't record but, a lot of pancakes in my career, but I did like to help people up too. I, for some reason, I think it's more demoralizing when it's almost like they take pity on you instead of, you know, just yeah. ignoring you and leaving you laying there. I don't know. It's just, you're, so you're you're, kind of I could be thinking. totally wrong, but the psych out game seemed to be more like helping them up. You're kind of sitting there thinking, "Don't help me up, like let's yeah, no, ex- let me yeah, get exactly. up on my own things." Like, exactly, like, oh man, this guy's yeah. looking at me like I'm a child. Exactly, exactly. Which people like, do look like a child next to TJ. So we <laughs> talked, about, but we didn't really talk about his skill set. So he yeah, plays. I was gonna say, get into he plays tackle for Westlake right now. He had st- he had when he first moved last year. He was at guard. He eventually uh, switched around with Connor, who went to Connor Robertson, who went to Texas. Connor had uh, you know sort of an injury deal that was better for him to be on the inside. It was better for TJ to be on the outside, you know, being brand new and not having known the playbook. He's still on the outside now, but really the consensus among, you know, people I've heard from is guard. It's what I thought as well. And just, I mean, just a thick kid and just, you know, so good in run blocking that, you know, it's hard not to like him on the inside. He's, you know, he's not as big as Bryce Foster, but he's sort of got that barrel chest, you know, build like, like Bryce does. So I, I think that he probably ends up at yeah. guard at the next level. And I was with a, I agree with you. I was with a, a coach too <laughs> last year who was, who was among the first coaches to actually offer him. And it was at that Aikens game. We were talking about TJ Shanahan and he really said, you know, I, I think he's, he's a pure guard at the next level and he's going to be a really good one. It's not to say that, you know, he's not. Gonna yeah. This is not an life. insult to him saying but that we like just him at his, guard. His, his frame and his size. I think, you know, he, He's going to end up being a guard at the next level, and and kind of a guy that you you definitely want to run behind. Um, and you know, I think it. it I think A and M has kind of put themselves. We we talked about this before, but A and M's put themselves certainly right at the forefront. And um, you know, with 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 him and Ian Reed, you know, it's going to be interesting to see. And Jaden Chapman's another guy that um, has an official locked in for this summer. It's going to be interesting to see if they set how many of those guys they kind of set up with Colton Thomason, because um, you know he's he's kind of emerged. If, I feel like as as kind of the vocal leader of the offensive line and recruiting. Oh yeah, he's uh, he's been in the ear of TJ Shannon a lot. They've been talking about yeah. scheduling that visual uh, visit together, and he's also been talking to Harris Sewell from Odessa Permian, who. Yeah is as of now is planned to take an official the same weekend as Colton. So yeah, yeah. I mean, Colton has definitely been, you know, really vocal about, about trying to get these other linemen with him. Yeah. He's, he's kind of emerged him and I feel like he's, he's been the big kind of guy driving the push. And um, I think Anthony, Anthony James does some work behind the scenes as well. He's not really a vocal guy on, on, on that regard, but no, there's not, there's not a Bobby Taylor this year. No. Like there and, was and last year, you know, we get that question all the time. Like Bobby Taylor was rare in how, 
how many times he went to A&M. You're not going to get a Bobby Taylor every single class. Yeah, you know, I mean, you know, he had the official recruiting house of every every time he did an Airbnb. I mean, yeah, that's just – you're not going to have somebody setting up like every home game weekend. And then yeah, when he yeah. got hurt at Katy, he didn't, couldn't really play a senior year. That gave him even more time to, exactly. to be at A&M and be around and he basically, have his recruiting house. He basically was part-time recovery, part-time recruiter, and and just basically he, – he loved it too. That's what he wanted to do, and – um, you know, he took he took a ton of passion in it. I know another guy you saw just switching to the defensive side of the ball was uh was Johnny Bowens and um you know what what'd you kind of make of, of what you saw from him and so I've I've actually seen Johnny quite often. This yeah. they were supposed to practice when I went to see him, but because of the rain had some issues with their practice field. So they were just in the uh in the weight room doing squats and you know, he's a pretty strong guy, but, uh, you know, at six two, two sixty or so, um, I think he'll probably play at, you know, two eighty five. uh, A&M has talked to him about playing, you know, staying on the edge, sort of, you know, how DeMarvin Leal had been also moving inside some, and, you know, from the same high school as DeMarvin Leal, it's easy to sort of make the, make the comparison, but I think he'll be sort of that role. And, you know, he's a guy that I know that our rankings guys at, at, 24 seven or a little higher on him than the rest of the industry. But I think people will probably see his senior year. Uh, Judson's got a lot of talent coming back. They did not make the playoffs this past year. I think it broke like a 37 year streak or something, but uh, they have a new coach and, you know, it should be interesting, but he's a guy I can see why A&M really liked him. He had a great camp last summer and just, uh, you know, just that quickness. You don't really see that out of him. And like I said, watching them, watching them work out. You could also see the explosion with them doing, doing leg workouts and I could see why they like him because you know you know it's hard to tell much don't work as but we've you know seen him seen him in action and good player you know I good play and you know may not be the most talked about because he, he's a four stars rankings not quite as quite as high as some of the other defense linemen A&M has signed or gotten committed but uh it's he, they're gonna be hard pressed to keep him out of the rotation yeah he's a projection I mean they're projecting on, on what they're gonna be able to do with him and a in a weight room and, and all that. Um, another guy I on on my side that I saw last week was was Jonte Cook. Um, yeah, tell me about fun, tell me about Jonte. He's a always a fun. He's, he's guy a fun interview, to. right? Always a fun guy to talk to. Once you get him going, um, we laughed. We laughed off camera about the uh, the trophy stuff, and and still said he you know he he chuckles when when all that stuff gets gets bantered about and all that. He's he's. People have to realize a lot of times he's just joking. It's just who he is. He he has fun with with the process. Um, no, and he said he had to be fair, right? Because the first be video fair. was the, the Texas trophy Texas. room, and it was a bunch first. of swimming trophies. Yeah. So then he saw A&M's trophy room, and it was a bunch of Emmys for the yeah a bunch of the twelve man production stuff. Yeah. So and, he had fun at both schools' expenses. Yeah. He was fair, like he said. He was he was fair. He had to he had to give it to both, and and but you know I think his. His constant point he brings up is, you know, he's trying to find a school that he can he can win a championship at, and that's that's kind of where he mentioned it. But uh, yeah, no, he's 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 a fun interview, and uh, I thought was 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 really open and honest about where things stood. I think uh, I think he's gonna he's gonna probably wait on the A and M and Texas officials until the fall, and he's a guy I could see not making a decision until basically the early signing period. Cause I think he wants to see for one, he wants to, for A&M it's, it, it's very clear. And I don't, I don't think he's made any secret about it. 
what Evan Stewart does. Yeah, he'll be watching one particular. He's gonna be player. one one. He's gonna be watching Evan Stewart and what happens with Evan Stewart. And the, that's gonna kind of be the big thing. Like he said, you know, if, now that they've got a guy like Evan Stewart, you know, let's see what happens and let's see what they do with the offense and all that. And so that's gonna be the big thing. And then with with Texas, um, you know, he spoke very highly of Quinn Ewers. He's been watching Quinn Ewers for a while. Um, but he wants to see what, what Texas looks like on the, on the field in the fall. And, um, you know, the expectations are that, that, you know, from his perspective, Texas is going to take a step forward and, and whether they do will probably have a big impact on, on what happens with him. And then, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't sleep on, on Florida. I think Florida is a school that he's, he's brought up to me a couple times, um, has really good relationships with the Florida staff and, you know, it's, they're kind of quietly, I think, there right now. I think a lot of people think it's kind of a, a Texas, Texas A&M battle. It was interesting. Alabama wasn't. wasn't yeah, we talked about that would, last week. We're not buying it quite, but would, would do, still think, do think they're back that, behind I think, them. Yeah. I think Florida's a school to quietly just just at least keep keep track of, and, and Michigan's in there as well. Um, and then I, it sounds like he's going to take an official to Jackson State as well during the fall, but – really it's going to come down to what happens on the field. And I think that's really what he's looking for. He's going to take his time. He's in no rush to make a decision um, as of right now. And, um, you know, it's easy. I expect him to probably be at Texas and Texas A&M's pool parties and in the summer and then come back in the fall. And, and like you said, it's like an hour and a half. Well, we had a discussion about how far it is from, from where, from where I am versus where he is. But he said, you know, he can get down there in an hour and 20 hour and 30 minutes. He drives fast, man. That's, <laughs> that's what that's I said. Impressive, but a little scary there. <laughs> that's what I said. Cause I said, well, it takes me, you know, two plus from here in Dallas. And he said, man, he's like, how, you know, it only takes me about an hour and a half. And I was thinking how fast are you? How yeah. fast are you? <laughs> how fast I mean, he is down going? a little bit, 35 more, but yeah, not quite that much. Yeah. Now there's so, another guy actually you saw last week. And, and then I, saw, I, was I have say, not seen him in person. Derek McFall, I was Tyler say, High, has been to him several times. He played quarterback, running back, and wide receiver uh, yeah. as a sophomore this past year. Has serious speed. What did you think about him, and where does he project? Consider me a, a big fan of his. I mean, he he played just just it during just during the time I was at that practice, and you know they were the weather was terrible on Thursday, and so they were indoors. But he played some cornerback. He played running back. He played receiver can play quarterback. They've got, they've got some options at quarterback now. So I would expect him to play more wide receiver running back and, and, and cornerback, but an explosive first step. That's one of the biggest things that I think kind of stood out and um, blew by a couple cornerbacks for touchdowns. I think he caught three or four touchdowns during the time that I was there adjusts well to the ball in the air. Um, And, you know, when we were talking afterwards, it's, it's going to be really interesting to see how schools kind of pitch him because Texas is pitching him as a running back um, with Tashard Choice kind of leading the charge there. And he talked about, you know, he, he likes what they've done with Bijan Robinson. Asked him what A&M said, and he said, A&M tells me wherever. We don't, you know, we have not got a position set for you. you could I mean, be That's a actually back. a pretty common theme with A&M lately is, yeah. hey, we're just going to get this kid on campus and then figure it out. So yeah, you know, they, it's probably they, true what, what they're telling him. You know, most right. kids want to hear athlete anyway, but. And he said, you know, I'm an athlete. He's like, I can play wherever. And so, um, and with him, I think it's, it's absolutely true. I think, I, I think he's a guy that's going to continue to, I mean, he, 
beware of, as well of Alabama. He kind of mentioned, I know a lot of kids mention it's, it's, a, it's their dream school. And, and that's kind of what he used to, to describe Alabama. And so, um, you know, Alabama, I certainly think will be in the mix as well, but you know, with A&M, he said, they're pitching me as an athlete and that's, that's exactly what I want. And so, um, you know, he's very high on A&M said they're, they're definitely amongst his top schools right now. And, um, if you were yeah, recruiting him, where would you where would you play him? If you were recruiting him, you've seen him in person. I haven't seen I'd him. I'd probably in play him as a slot receiver, um, and a guy. He kind of almost looks like a guy that could be, a, um, you know, maybe an Anaya Smith, where they've kind of put him in the backfield a little bit, put him at running back. Uh, yeah, because that know, that was his like, primary position was running back. He played, yeah. you know, like we said, quarterback receiver, but yeah, he primarily played running back. So Texas, I, you know, you can see why if they've seen film there, but he's also not the biggest kid, right? Not, no, not- he's, just, he's a little bit smaller, and uh, you know, he he did he was a track kid this this spring, um, and then kind of focused on football a little bit more down down the stretch. But um, you know, with his quick step. Um, you know it's going to be it's going to be fun to watch him in the fall. That's definitely going to be a spot I'm going to get get out to and and see him because and just see how many different ways they're getting the. I you know when you look at, I think he had 1,200 all-purpose yards last year, and I don't think that's even t- taken into account what he did at quarterback. I think that's just between what he did at receiver and running back. And yeah. so uh, he's not the biggest guy. He's pretty strong though. He's 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 kind of built in the upper body, and um, you know it's going to be it's going to be fascinating to see how, you know, when, when we get to next year and, and we're sitting a year from now, whether schools are pitching him as an athlete or a slot receiver, I think he fits best as a slot receiver. And that, I mean, is he going to be playing cornerback this year, you said on he defense? Worked, he worked at cornerback too. Cause that's, that could be interesting too. I mean, that's a lot of those East Texas kids, you know, they're just athletes, you know, you get them. I mean, that's a valuable position with, especially, you know, if you're five ten or however tall he is at corner, you can make yeah. a lot and of he, money. He could flip his hips and and you know kind of kind of adjust. I mean, again, it was it was indoors, so it's hard to see you know a ton of what he can do. But just looks like a really fluid athlete. I think that's the big, best way I'd probably describe him. Um, you know, he kind of touched. I know there was a there was a, a debate going on, on the board, and and he kind of mentioned with A and M that you know A and M really felt like a family environment. And a lot of a lot yeah, of he's kids, been he's been multiple he's been times, multiple right? Times, and one of the things he said is you know the moment he shows up. They're there to greet him. They're there to welcome him from players to staff to everybody in between. Um, you know, I think he really feels comfortable around around that staff. And and that was one of the first places that TJ Rushing, which is why I wanted to kind of talk with him about where they're they're pitching him, because TJ Rushing was that was one of his first stops. Uh, yeah, that, that's his that's his recruiting territory, but still yeah. it it helps to have a cornerback coach have his eyes on you if you can potentially play cornerback. Exactly, exactly. So you know, it's going to be really interesting to kind of see where they, where they, um, where they, where they, where they kind of sell them on. I think it's it's truly going to be an athlete, and that's going to kind of be the the prevailing message. And then the other one I thought was interesting to see was um, and tremendous hospitality down there. Speaking of Tyler, was was going down and getting my first look at the at the two Chapel Hill kids, Demetrius. Uh, Chapel Hill was really good this year, and, and it was a and pair of freshmen running the show. So get and, to know that school, everybody. Yes, and I will tell you there are there are quite a few other kids. Just uh, maybe not you know on the A and M level, but they've got some good players over there, and and have built up a ton of talent. And 
you know, it's funny talking with Demetrius Brisbane. I said, you guys got a good So Demetrius Brisbane is a QB. Ricky Stewart, running back. Both of them are freshmen. Both have close to double-digit offers already. Yeah, I think um, Ricky Stewart had close to 1,000 yards rushing last season. Um, You know, the thing about Demetrius Brisbane, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, whether schools recruit him as a cornerback or quarterback or an athlete. Um, He could throw the ball on the run yesterday. Um, and just what he showed on that side. I, you know, he, he feels like a guy with his athleticism could play wide receiver, could play, um, uh, could be kind of a defensive back. And, and oh, yeah, you watch him on film and you watch him on film. I mean, he explodes when he takes off, he goes, I mean, that, that, yeah. you know, he gets up to full speed. So yeah, I, I figured he could play pretty much anywhere he wants. And he was working on some defensive back drills. They kind of do with the way Chapel Hill does it is they, the first half of practice is kind of offense do some team stuff, then they go into defense. And both Ricky Stewart and Demetrius Bison were working on cornerback drills and backpedaling drills. And so, you know, they're kind of working on everything during that. And, you know, they've got they've got some good-looking linemen there and and just a lot of talent. And it was funny talking to Demetrius Brisbane, and I said, you guys got a good-looking group here. And he said, yeah, he said, we had a good-looking group last year too. I was like, well, yeah, true. You did get – did get to the state semifinals, but those yeah. two were a big reason for it. Um, just as as really good young players, and um, neither holds A and M offers yet. I I I would certainly expect by this time next year A and M would would be in the mix at least for yeah. I mean, it's been, yeah, you never know with running back, but Brisbane is the type of athlete that A and M has been recruiting. So exactly. yeah, I would think eventually they will throw their hat in the ring. You know, yeah, for a guy it, like that. I mean, he's like a brave Ian Rogers. He's like a Derek McFall. I mean, just somebody who does a little bit of everything. Yep, absolutely, no doubt. And it's 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 a school that I think uh, you know a lot of a lot of coaches are going to be rolling through the next couple of years because they are just loaded with talent. And, um, you haven't lived in Texas that this long, but Chapel is also known for their sausage. So you know, maybe they oh, you well, know they'll you, become yeah. known for a little bit more than just uh, you know just the Chapel Hill sausage because. You know, I don't think a lot of probably even Texas high school football fans know that that school exists because yeah. it's short, sort of been the shadow of the Tyler ISD schools. Yeah, and you know, it's 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 only a short drive. I'll be back down there this fall, so I'll I'll have to now try out the sausage there. I did not know that, but oh yeah, uh, you know that'll be that'll be a that'll be a stop during the fall. Uh, but we'll be same we'll thing be- with Pittsburgh. If you're ever in Pittsburgh, Texas, they're famous for their hot links. So <laughs> there you go. There's your two. I'm sold at the barbecue and we'll be, you know, it's going to, it'll be interesting. You and I will both be, be traveling around Houston and, and Dallas these, these couple of days. I'll be out to see, you know, Isaiah Robinson this week and, and kind of get a, get an update on where he stands and, you know, he'll be at A&M this weekend. So, um, you know, I think A&M, is, it's going to be interesting to see how they, how they kind of re-engage with him and, and see where things fall with him and, um, I know you'll be on going around Houston as well this week. Um, so with that, we'll we're gonna take a quick break. After the break, we're gonna talk a little more A and M baseball. But you know, they're they're just keeping they're keeping on keeping on right now. And, and I'm gonna give you some basketball insight. So yeah, make sure they, to make sure to stay tuned for that. Yeah, we'll stay tuned for that. And we'll be right back right after this quick break. All right, welcome back to the Gigum Twenty Four Seven Sports Podcast. So, Brian, gotta gotta talk with you about a little bit of baseball. So, I'm sitting at a basketball tournament this weekend, kind of watching the highs and lows of of what was going on with the baseball team. And and Twitter, Twitter is always a fun read during 
during oh, when yeah. that's going on. What do you what can you say about just what this team was able to do, especially on Saturday, being down nine nothing and and coming all the way back to to win it with a walk off and in by Brett Minich. Okay, so fans saw there was a, a bit of a glitch with the uh with our software, I guess. And so they saw, you know, a little inside baseball behind the scenes and yep. you know, my headline was, you know, AM comes back, but you know, then loses the lead again. Uh you know, it just isn't something we've seen in the past. You know, under under you know, there were some good teams under Rob Childress, but they would not have actually I say that I think in 2016 they did overcome a nine run deficit, but it was in uh it was a non-conference play. A nine run SEC deficit against South Carolina isn't one of the teams at the top of the standings, but they do have a series win over Texas this year when Texas was number one, you know, and a good team. And so coming back from being nine nine oh in the middle innings, having not done anything to then taking the lead in the bottom of the eighth, then giving up the lead, uh, Jacob Polish, who... So Jacob Polish has been incredible getting out of jams, but he has, prior to his jams, gotten into some trouble, giving up some runs. That's what he did. Got out of a jam again to limit it to just two. So A&M lost the lead uh, in the top of the ninth, then comes back, and uh, Brett Minnick is, is, has two outs. He's up there and hits a home run to center field walk off just, just that incredible. doesn't happen under under childress and i mean clearly schlossnagel wasn't up there batting you know when when minich was but but just uh but just you know seeing seeing how this team you know is just resilient and didn't give up and a lot of times you know maybe normally you would have just started putting random pitchers out there just so you didn't waste arms for sunday but uh a&m didn't do that you know despite Having given up those nine runs, you know, it was a struggle for Micah Dallas and then a struggle for the other pitchers. But AM didn't do that. You know, they were still going after South Carolina from the mound, which is big. And I think they saw that they could score runs because the day before, Nathan Detmer, who was coming off two out of the past three weeks, he was the SEC pitcher of the week. He didn't even last long enough to get a decision. AM still wins 16 to four in the opening game. You know, the bats just couldn't be stopped and also they were they were drawing walks which is not something the team has done uh well at before this year so uh you know drawing a ton of walks i think they had double digits in in both the first two games which is you know ridiculous shows a lot of discipline at the plate um so yeah i mean they this team showed why they have been able to win now five series in a row why they're up to top 10 in the country uh you know was that that saturday game just encapsulated that it showed all of that in one. Yeah, to to your point, um, they had um, f- they had ten walks in the first game against South Carolina, and then five in the second game. And so, okay, there were a few hit by pitches too. Few, so few yeah, hit by it, pitches. It so, wasn't ten. Okay, one double digits, but, but yeah, it was a but lot. But to your point, I mean, they're just finding different ways to win, and and you know, just the. The explosiveness offensively and the way, you know, the the way they're able to win games and and just, I mean, putting up twenty nine runs between the first two games of the series is is just something you didn't see in the past. And just the consistent offensive firepower and and different guys contributing. I mean, just looking at the 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 sixteen this the the first game. You know, it's it's different guys. It was Ryan Tagash. It was Jordan Thompson. It was it's just different guys every night that are, that are stepping up. And 
Um, to your point of the resiliency, it would be easy to just mail it in on a, in a nine, nothing game. And, you know, say, we'll come back and try to win the series tomorrow, but to come back and, and get it done. And, um, you know, I have to give kudos to Andrew Monaco too, for just a tremendous call on, on the radio of, of, of that walk-off home run. Just, um, just, it's, 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 it's really impressive to see what they're doing week after week after week. There's just been, there's been no letdown over the past couple of months. And um, you know, I know Sam who does a lot of our baseball stuff have been cautioning people, you know, you're probably going to have some weekends where they pick off a good team and maybe drop a series they shouldn't have. And, you know, it's going to kind of be uneven. This team's outperformed every expectation and now is in the, inside the top 10 in the D one baseball rankings. And, um, has actually been extremely consistent throughout. Yeah. So, so we talk about that. I So Sam definitely was right. for. So the first three series of SEC play were a win at a then top 10 LSU uh, team. A&M won the first two to take the series. But then they lost to unranked Auburn and Alabama, which yeah. is basically what, you know, we sort of were expecting were, you know, ups and downs and, Turns out that Auburn and Alabama are better than people thought. I mean, Auburn's been in the rankings uh, lately as well. But then AM just goes on a tear and has now won uh, five in a row. They've won six opening games in a row, which is huge. If you get that Friday night win or Thursday night, if the series starts then with Detmer, I mean, that's 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 huge. So he's been, you know, key to this team because it's much easier to get a series win once you get the opening one because they had had six. Friday night wins in a row and then also five Saturday losses in a row until they until they had the comeback it was almost six in a row. I mean, it's just sort of, you know, Micah Dallas has seen some struggles in his starts, but also hasn't gotten the run support that, that some of the others have. But he got it this time around with with 13 runs and also give credit to I think it was uh, Logan Britt that was down to the final strike of the game prior to uh, Minnick's walk off and ended up drawing on a walk showing once again showing uh just that discipline at the plate so he drew a walk to to get on for the tying run and brought the winning run to the plate yeah just just being able to being able to put pressure on pitchers and 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 you know make things difficult good things are going to happen for you um and just being able to get runners on base and in different ways and and now they look ahead to to a close two more two more sec series to go against mississippi state and Ole miss yeah, um, pair, so those two again. teams were both in the top five to start the season. Yeah. Mississippi State is the defending national champion, and both have struggled. So, you know, obviously for the RPI purposes, you know, A&M may want them to be a little better, but it presents two really winnable series. And if A&M could close the SEC, I mean, the, the season with seven straight series wins against SEC uh, programs, they would likely end up with a three seed in the tournament. I mean, that's huge and it would probably put them in position to be a top eight seed which would make them a super regional host just just incredible and it's it's you know and they've got a midweek game against incarnate word mixed in there as well but you know they're looking at the way this team is playing and and what they've done doesn't feel like there's any reason that they're not going to be able to close out strong these last six games of sec play and and put themselves in position to do exactly that 
Um, Brian, also going to need your help on this on this other one. Yeah, um, basketball. Somebody basketball. Yeah, so KK they, Robinson. Yeah. yeah, that's what I was going to say. K, the famous KK Robinson. Where he's from? He's. I'm just testing your knowledge. He's from Arkansas. They, yeah, yeah, you're right. He came from, from Arkansas. A top 100 prospect from Arkansas. Um, A&M, A&M loves going after uh, some Arkansas kids. And did um, he also he, have a career game against the Aggies? Was this another uh, time where he, he was putting on a tryout? Had, um, no, he did. It wasn't. It wasn't quite that. But he uh, he actually did uh, one of his fi- his final game that he played actually was against A and M. And um, pulling up his stats right now, he had. Um, his last game, he actually scored five points in four minutes of action. All right. Well, you know, he so, took that's more than a point a minute. That's Hall of Fame exactly. level stuff. There. Well, maybe not Hall of Fame, but that's uh, he's, that's he's, NBA All Star level stats. He's 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 going to be the next NBA All Star. Move out the way, Quentin Jackson, who um, who who got a G League Elite invite. Uh, oh, did he? Oh, that's that's exciting. Yeah, Can I just say real quick on the Quentin Jackson subject? A and M students. Andrew, you didn't go to AM, so you may not get the reference, but apparently the, the Reed Rowdies had the best nickname for his dunks. I mean, he was known for dunking. They called him Q Drops because he goes by Q. Q Drops <laughs> are what AM students get. You get three of them in your career. Yeah. It's when you can drop a class in the middle of the semester. So, every, you know, AM students know what a Q Drop is. So I just thought that was a great nickname <laughs> for his dunks when I heard that. So, that hey, is, there's that my. Uh, contribution to the basketball. You know what? That's better than anything I that's, that's, that's <laughs> better than anything I'm about to say. Like so, you know, he uh best of luck to Quentin Jackson. That'll be next week. He'll be in Chicago looking to earn an invite to the uh to the uh to the to the combine later that week as well. A couple kids will earn invites. Like you said, I mean just AM loves last the offseason it was Ethan Henderson. Now it's our guy Curtin Curtis Wilkerson over at Hog Sports at Thanks to him for 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 giving me some scouting reports the past two off seasons. I know A and M and Arkansas have kind of have kind of been trading transfers. Last yeah. one for him on Jackson Robinson, and this year he helped me out with KK Robinson, providing a good look. Um, you know, I think he's a guy that's going to come with a chip on his shoulder because uh, you know it kind of fell in, fallen out of the rotation in in Arkansas and, and wasn't probably getting the playing time that he that he thought he he was he he was hoping to get and. Um, he'll get the chance to play for A&M with, as kind of the backup point guard right alongside Wade Taylor. Um, he's going to get an opportunity and is super talented if he can stay healthy. Had a foot injury that kind of hampered him at Arkansas. Um, but, you know, he's is, is a guy that can be a playmaking guard and, and can score. And, you know, he can he can take Brian in one-on-one as well. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I know I know A&M's returning a lot, but also they lost Gordon yeah. Jackson and, you know, some transfers or a transfer. What's the starting lineup next year? I'm putting you on the spot. Well, man. the good news is they bring back four starters from last year. And, you know, they kind of got through, which in today's transfer portal era is, is kind of a, a big deal to bring back. They'll bring back Wade Taylor. They'll bring back Manny Obasaki. They'll bring back Henry Coleman. And um, they'll bring back um, Javante Brown. Or, you know, and so um, I'm – let me get my roster. I'm, I was like, yeah. So who steps in? I guess then who steps in for Quentin is the. Um, so you know, I think I think they've got some guys. I think, um, I think they've they've um, they've got some guys that might be able to do that. Anderson Garcia is definitely a guy that uh, could be able to step in right away into kind of that starting. I, Tyrese Radford. How could I forget Boots Radford? He's 
He's the other returning starters. So Manny Obasaki, Henry Coleman, Boots Radford, and Wade Taylor. Mine went blank there for a second. Oh, yeah. Then, that, that always happens to me. It's always at the moment. You're it's like, always I, at the moment. You I 100% know this, yes. But um, so and sorry. So, I did put him on the spot. We didn't talk about that. So you know, uh, I think Anderson Garcia is an interesting guy that, that can come in. Eric Pratt, I would caution people. He is – He's a JUCO kid out of Seward that, uh, you know, can 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 shoot the lights out and, and is a really, really talented offensive player. Um, missed the last part of the year for this year and has been kind of focusing just on academics, which which isn't ideal, but, um, you know, is set to arrive at A&M later this month. And is a guy that I really do believe can make an immediate impact. Uh, you know, I think he had 28 points or around there in his, in his final game that he played and can come in and be a, a, an immediate contributor. Solomon Washington is a, is a kid that I think is underrated as well. And, you know, they picked up another transfer as well last week. Um, Julius Marble, this was after we did our podcast on Anderson Garcia. Right did he also week. have a tryout in front of the A&M coaches? I don't uh, remember. No, he did not. He came from Michigan state. Um, oh. He's a Dallas area kid. Uh, that'll have two years of eligibility remaining and kind of, I think is a guy that can fit right alongside Henry Coleman and, you know, provide an impact on the glass. It's clear. They wanted to be a better rebounding team this year. I think that's, there's zero doubt about that. I think they wanted to be, um, you know, I mean, they, they didn't have the bodies to do it. Now the interesting, it thing, the interesting thing that's going to work, that's, that's going to, uh, that's going to need to be resolved in the next couple of weeks is now there. With the addition of KK Robinson, they are now two spots over the limit. So, you know, I know one guy. I mean, it, it's natural to look towards him as Ethan Henderson has has a decision to make on on his extra year of COVID. Um, that's probably the one to to kind of keep an eye on, and then um, you know where where they're able to kind of create the extra spot or where they have the extra spot coming from is going to be kind of the key storyline to know with the transfer portal deadline passing. Um, you know, I, I know Jordan Williams is, is coming off a knee injury. Could he take kind of a medical redshirt year? That's, that's definitely a possibility. He's signed with A&M, but A&M has not announced it yet, which um, is one, you know, that'll be, that's one potential uh, whether he's healthy to come in right away. Um, will be something to watch, and you know they've got to they've got to create an extra spot of, of either way. So um, I think that's going to be the one interesting storyline to watch on on kind of what they end up doing. You know, I could see Buzz just have to you know walk over to Jimbo Fisher's office, and be like, "Hey, hey, how do you how do, do this? this? Man? <laughs> I, Somehow you take a full class every year and still yeah, how do you, how do you do it? give me Give me some tips. You you sign yeah. right up to the list, the, the, yeah. the limit every year. I, I want to see Jimbo yeah. with a twelve man or whatever the limit is for basketball. And 13, see see what he would let me like. It's like, wait, I can't recruit. I can't recruit eleven point guards in one class. I'm sure yeah, like, like the running you're back. Me. I mean, he loves running back, so I can see him loving point guards. Just like Buzz, class full of them. Buzz, just I need to get the number one class. I don't care if it's seven point guards. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's like. Aiden will not have turnovers. Now they don't have anybody to pass to, but they will not have turnovers. We, we may not be able to rebound, but we're gonna we're yeah. gonna have we're gonna have we're gonna have some of the best guards. We look like the Globetrotters out there with their passes. So and we're we're just gonna run right by people. So <laughs> um, yeah, we're, that's that's the way we're gonna do things. And 
and you tell me how we're going to get to the 13. Like where I don't know how we're going to do it, but we're going to do it. And we'll, um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll figure it out. He kind of takes the figure it out later attitude. I think <laughs> we'll, we'll get there. We'll, we'll make it work. Um, any other one? I'll have plenty more coming this week, but, um, you know, I had the chance to get my first look as well at a big AM target this week in Keanu Dawes. And, um, you know, I'll, Hey, I'll wait, I actually him. have insight on him. All right. You Somebody do. I know, you do. So, yeah, I know you're a guy that kind of told me, and we talked a lot about this this week. Um, we actually, I don't know what we spend more time talking about. Actually, we spent more time talking about his game and growing up or afterwards when we talked about, about Hudson and Hudson Peroni and the, the two of them are, are friends, obviously. Yeah, same. I mean, Stratford that class at Stratford is really good at every sport. Like they just, it's just, they're like, they never lost in football and basketball. They've always been good. And But he wasn't the freshman that played on varsity as a freshman. It was actually um, uh, Hawkins Pauly, who's now yeah, a Baylor now tight end. Now he's on the spot there. Yeah, Hawkins, you- yeah, Hawkins Pauly was the <laughs> freshman that, that played on varsity, but – Keanu Dawes, I told you why he all of a sudden, you know, yep. Keanu Dawes was a was a guard, had really good ball handling skills, and then he just shot up seven or eight inches. So now yep. he's that guard in in a in a forward's body, so he can he can pretty much do it all. And so yeah. that he's, that made teams love him. He told me this week he was up to six eight around two oh five and pushing six nine, and so um, you can definitely see the ball skills and the guard skills and. Eric Bossy, who was out there, um, does a does our national coverage for twenty four seven and does a great job. He came away really impressed too, looking at Keanu Dawes and said, you know, he looks like a great player, and you can definitely see with a with the guard skills kind of come into play. He can really shoot it from the outside. Um, has to become a better rebounder. He knows that. He talked about it. Had a couple balls slip out of his hand late, but you know what? They got the win, and so that's all that matters. It, it was a it was a loaded tournament. Over at, at Who Want the Smoke. That was the name of the tournament this weekend. Right. So, um, it was just a loaded tournament, tons of AM targets in action. But um, he was kind of the guy that there was a lot of buzz around the entire gym about what he did this weekend. So um, wanted to quickly touch on that. Um, uh, Ryan, how do, is, is he high on AM? Does he like he's A&M? very high on AM. Um, he talks with AM on a daily basis. Um, Lyle Wolf has, has kind of been leading the charge there. And and that was an early scout for AM to 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 kind of get on him last fall. And I think they were just his second or third offer. I think they were his second offer. And, and Lyle Wolf made a couple trips out to go see him during games. And it was the first school he mentioned when talking about schools that are standing out to him. Stanford, his mom is a sixth grade English teacher. And so um, academics are, are are real important to him. And and that's why Stanford is is definitely in the mix as well. Um and then said he models his game after Kevin Durant. And so um, as kind of a, kind of that point forward guy. And, and so Rick Barnes at Tennessee is, is another coach that is, has made a big impact on him. And so those are really three schools and, and, you know, Texas is definitely in the mix as well as the school he wants to see TCU as well. Um, I think from what he said, he's going to kind of wait until, this season kind of wraps up this AAU season because they're on the road now from now until the end of August. They'll be yeah, and the AAU basketball is a grind. It is crazy, and they're playing three, four games a night um, or day, and these things wrap up. I think I got out of the gym at about eleven o'clock on on Saturday because somehow there was a delay in one of the games. Somehow we got an hour behind schedule, and so I don't know how that ha- <laughs> I don't know how that happens or where where things got 
got out of hand. I've covered but, seven on seven tournaments. I could see it happening. <laughs> we got an hour behind. And, yeah. um, and so, you know, kids were getting out of the gym around 11 o'clock at night. Um, so he said he's going to kind of wait until the fall and then do his official visits ahead of that first early signing period. And so um, I think if I had to sit, if I had to sit here right now and, and I would say A&M's sitting in a pretty good spot for him. He comes, he's, he's talked about a lot of kids from his area kind of going to A&M and, and certainly knows a lot of people at A&M. And so, um, you know, I think that could be one down the line that A&M really hit on in terms of evaluations. Um, so I know Brian, I know we, we both got to get over to, to high schools, um, this afternoon. So we're, we're going to go ahead and wrap this up. Um, we'll be back next week, same time, same place, um, to discuss more, get more of Brian's, uh, scouting evaluations and, and we're going to, it's just going to be all Brian basketball. I'm going to host Brian basketball. It's just going to be me breaking down basketball, just making up names and seeing if you guys notice. (laughs) Start. We'll start with, with, with number one. And then uh, if you know him, we're going to get the white, we're going to get the whiteboard out next week. And it's going to be, it's going to be, um, we're going to, you know, I know somebody said they want to do a mailbag section. Maybe we'll do a basketball mailbag section. Yes. Just, but but only to me, only you can ask me, it can be a pop quiz and we'll see what I get right. (laughs) We'll do, we'll do that. And Hey, if you don't, you know, I learned, I was a referee one back in, back in college. And they said, if you don't know a call, just, Say it confidently, and people will, people will believe that you know what you're talking about. So, you know, even if you don't know what it is, just say it with confidence, and you'll you'll end up being right. So, um, with that, we'll go ahead and wrap it up, and and I hope everybody has a great week, and we'll be back soon with another. Just as a reminder, as always, if you like the content, mash that subscribe button on on YouTube, and uh, give us a like, give us a five star review on Spotify and iTunes. Um, leave us, leave us a review and, and we'd love to hear what you think and, and any feedback that you have. So, um, with that, I'm going to go ahead and wrap it up to have a good week and, and we'll see you guys soon.